Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some of the solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. So today's going to have a little bit of a different layout than kind of typically these monologue episodes do. Um, Previously, I had just had kind of, you know, a 20 to 30 minute talk by myself and then cut it off and that was it. Today I'm going to kind of do a little bit of a monologue and then have one of my friends on, uh, Jaunty, actually from last episode, and we're going to kind of have a discussion based around this topic loosely, but kind of just just basically picking apart some of the themes and ideas from today's episode. So we'll see how that goes. It's going to lengthen the episode, probably, you know, double it. It'll probably be around an hour, I'm guessing. I haven't actually recorded the second part of this episode yet, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm just kind of trying a different different idea of the podcast, a different layout, and we'll see how it works out. But again, as with every episode, I look forward to your guys' feedback, what you guys think. Um, but I think it could kind of bring a different perspective and allow us to open up a little bit more and kind of allow for a bit more challenging of different topics as well. And another update, uh, this week, actually yesterday, I got to go on one of my buddy's podcasts, who's a carpenter apprentice, and he's started his own podcast kind of surrounding mental health. So we're probably going to do a simulcast of that podcast next week. So I'll basically release the same interview that I did for him on my channel next week. But it was a it was an awesome interview. It was a little bit longer than usual. I think it ran about an hour and a half, hour and 40. But it was really worthwhile. And I think it's great for you guys to kind of get to meet him too. It saves us doing another hour and a half talk on on my platform. Um, So we're just going to basically release it on here as well. So you'll look forward to that next week. Now back to today's episode, I was thinking of kind of doing a discussion on uh, mental toughness. Uh, It's that's kind of a an overarching theme. I think it goes into a lot of different things. So you know, it might be a little bit repetitive, but I'm going to try to kind of blitz through that as much as I can while tying it into past episodes. But a lot of this kind of, it, it was really inspired by being on Mark's podcast yesterday. A lot of it kind of centered around what has made us who we are nowadays and different experiences we've learned along the way. You know, for me, it was through, as a kid, through my parents' divorce, through working, through then remote camp work, then through getting married, becoming a parent, you know, all the different lessons and different kind of things that you go through, changes in life. Uh, that kind of that's where the most growth seems to happen for me and I think for most people. So anyway, uh, we'll just jump right in here. Um, the first kind of we'll start kind of chronologically, I guess, but the first big development in my life, I'd say, and where you kind of started to develop that that mental toughness and that ability to kind of deal with adversity was with my parents' divorce. So that happened when I was, I want to say, six or seven years old. Uh, I've gone to a, a fair bit of counseling and therapy surrounding it, but it was somewhere in that time frame. I don't have too many memories in there but from between about six till eight or nine, but uh, it was in that age range. Um, but that you know, that's that's tough on any kid. I had three younger sisters going through that. So uh, for me, I felt responsible a lot for them and for their well-being, trying to kind of shield them from whatever was going on. And it kind of forced you to grow up pretty fast, I think. 
that's at least one of the things that my therapist kind of echoed to me was that that's, you know, it, it forces you to grow up quick. Um, I had that sense of responsibility for my sister as I was trying to watch out for them, trying to make sure they were impacted as little as possible. And it's something that, I mean, a seven-year-old, I wasn't equipped to do. I didn't know how I was doing it. And even now, I can't remember back to any specifics during those first few years, but I definitely wasn't cut out for it. I'm sure I did a terrible job, but it was something that um, that really kind of sped up my development, I think, and kind of, you know, it makes you grow up fast. A lot of people have a lot of different adversity that they experience as kids that I'm not saying it took my childhood from me by any means. I, I still had a childhood, but it, it definitely altered it and it, it made me... Yeah, it made me grow up fast. I had to take on a lot more responsibility, at least perceived responsibility, than I think I would have had to. And I know for years, up until, you know, I was late teens, early 20s, I still, I always really felt protective of my sisters all the way through school and everything too. I'm sure most big brothers do, but I think there was an added level there just based on what we had already experienced together as kids. And again, whether this was perceived or real, like I definitely had this sense that I needed to be reliable. I needed to be relied upon by my sisters, by uh, my mom at the time. Yeah, I just felt that I really needed to develop develop that sense of of strength, of toughness. I needed to be there when they needed me. And I, I didn't really allow for myself to deal with a lot of my own issues for a number of years because of that, I think. Um, Again, that's a lot of what I dug into later in life with therapy and and counselors. But at the time, I mean, I think it served me well. It helped me deal with the situation as best as I could. And I think that I was there to the best of my ability for those around me, too, who I felt needed my help or needed needed anything from me, really, being my sisters and, again, my mom. And, you know, as much as that divorce was difficult dealing with for a lot of my childhood and kind of early adult life... I I can't say it's all negatives, like me and my siblings, my sisters, and then my brother who was born after the fact, we all have an incredibly close relationship. And I think a lot of that is directly due to the divorce, the fact that we all went through it together. Um, They're all incredibly strong people. We, We still have this amazing bond. I mean, I have kids now, so it's not like we get to hang out as much as we did when we were younger, obviously. But but we still have this amazing bond. We don't have to talk to each other every day, but it's never it's never weird. There I don't I see other families who have kind of these sibling squabbles that get really nasty and ugly. Um and I, I can't even imagine that within my family. Like we all have just this such deep, strong bond with each other that I mean, really, as as yeah, as bad as the divorce was, that's that really forged our relationship and strengthened it moving forward. And again, another another bonus that came out of the divorce as well. My wife, she also had, came from a broken home. And so both of us have that kind of um, a history that we're drawing from in our relationship. And it's just made us, again, I know I've echoed this in a previous podcast, but it really strengthens our resolve with our own relationship and with our kids. We just know that no matter what, we're going to get through it together. We're not putting our kids in the same spots that we were when we were younger. And so, you know, as as rough as it was growing up with that, it's kind of forged all of our ideas and our just our our toughness towards certain events through to this day now. And it bleeds through in my relationships today. It bleeds through, yeah, with my with my siblings and with my wife in our relationship. 
Moving into work, I mean, this we covered a lot, uh, Mark and I, yesterday on his podcast, which is called Hey Mark, by the way. Um, but we were talking about kind of remote camp work, and he's never done it, so I was trying to explain it as best as I could. But really, it's it, that mental toughness comes from kind of the enforced isolation, just you're really having to rely on yourself. You you don't have your same support networks. You build them all up there, which I'll get into again this episode, but it's something that is really, it really forged a lot of who I am today. I think just going through working up there, especially the first job going up there by myself, I didn't know anybody. And then some of the friendships that I developed through that last have lasted me to this day. So 10 years, nine years down the road, I'm, I, I'm still super close friends with some of these guys. And, you know, going through shared experiences like that, like I was saying with my, my sisters, my wife, um, you just, you build this different level of camaraderie. You guys, it's a really, it's a deeper, it's a deeper friendship. I mean, I have surface friendships from when I was a kid and, you know, we're still friends today, but there's... I know a lot more about these guys who I spent nine months with in the oil field or in mining than I know about some of my friends who I've known for 10 years. You just, even though it's a shorter stint, you guys really, when you're really leaning on each other for that kind of stuff, it's, it just, it builds a different level of a relationship. But back to kind of the mental toughness, I mean, a lot of that you have to rely on yourself for, um, you're, you're doing whatever you can to build yourself up. You're kind of like a lot of it even just came down to psyching yourself up to get out of bed to go to work every day, especially at the beginning. I mean, it's pretty tough. That's why there's a really high turnover rate up there. Um, a lot of guys and girls just don't, you know, they don't, they don't hack it. It's, it's not an easy life. It's really draining. And unless you can, you're really self-assured and you have, you have that kind of that backbone built within you mentally um, it's going to be really hard to last up there for any length of time. And I, again, I don't blame anybody. I saw it happen to a lot of guys who definitely thought they could handle it, who were fully expecting to handle it. And then it just wasn't the world that they were thinking it was, um, because it exposes a lot of weaknesses in everybody. So I think, but going through that, I mean, my friends who were up there with me, I would consider them some of the most mentally strong people too. They don't get bogged down by just about anything. Um, and they carry that with them to this day. I saw it when we were up there. I still see it in their life nowadays. I mean, a lot of them have become parents, gotten married since then. And they're just, they're stand-up people. Like, you know, say what you want about oil field work or, you know, mining from an environmental perspective, whatever. But the guys and girls up there who are doing that work, I mean, that is hard, hard work. It's nothing to be looked down upon. Those those people are making a living an honest living by laying themselves on the line and you know their families pay for it by them being away from town their kids pay for it and ultimately the guys and girls up there are the ones paying for it it's it's a extremely demanding and draining way of life and so i yeah i just commend anybody who's gone through that for a long period of time i think it it takes really strong individuals to get through that and strong families strong support networks and again, one thing that if you really want to try to cultivate this within yourself, I mean, for me, it was doing little challenges that were outside of the box, things that I I didn't necessarily feel comfortable with, but that I, I felt that I could learn, I could do. Um, this again goes back to kind of setting those small short-term goals or small little tasks that kind of you build up over time and you kind of build bigger and bigger projects or bigger and bigger goals that you can work your way up to, but... 
having these smaller short-term goals, they're great to boost your confidence. They're great to kind of, you know, give yourself a, a solid foundation to build upon, to take that next step. And so I really, I really would urge people to try to step out of their comfort zone, even if it's something small. Like I mentioned this, this example on Mark's podcast yesterday, but just the other week I had to change out the lock and deadbolt and door handle on my door. I've never done that. I have no idea how to do it. Um, but I YouTubed a video and it looked like it was easy enough. I didn't have to call anybody in to do it. And I did it and it felt great. And then now this weekend I changed out the a bunch of the lighting on my truck again from YouTube videos, but everything seems to be working. Nothing's caught fire yet. So it's a, a net positive so far. Um, but those little kind of things like just just take little little steps in whatever direction you want to. And for me, a lot of the time it's working with my hands. That's kind of where I find a lot of purpose. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, but you know, whatever it is for you guys, just try to take little steps at a time, but they do a really good job of building your self-worth and building just confidence moving forward. And that's what a lot of kind of mental toughness is, is just that confidence in yourself that you're going to be able to see it through no matter what it is, no matter what life throws at you. Um, you know that you you have that foundation, you have that strength to kind of push through whatever you need to. And actually, speaking of which, I'm going to read you uh, this quote. It's actually an excerpt from a speech from John Roberts, who was the Chief Justice of the United States in 2017. He had a speech that he had given, and so I'm just going to read this excerpt from it. So, from time to time in the years to come, I hope you will be treated unfairly, so that you will come to know the value of justice. I hope that you will suffer betrayal, because that will teach you the importance of loyalty. Sorry to say, but I hope you will be lonely from time to time, so that you don't take friends for granted. I wish you bad luck, again, from time to time, so that you will be conscious of the role of chance in life, and understand that your success is not completely deserved, and that the failure of others is not completely deserved either. And when you lose, as you will from time to time, I hope every now and then your opponent will gloat over your failure. It is a way for you to understand the importance of sportsmanship. I hope you'll be ignored so that you know the importance of listening to others. And I hope you will have just enough pain to learn compassion. Whether I wish these things or not, they're going to happen. And whether you benefit from them or not will depend upon your ability to see the message in your misfortunes. Now that speech by John Roberts was given at his son's middle school for the commencement speech and i think it's just it's such a great message i mean it's not wishing for people to have an easy life it's wishing that people face adversity all different kinds of adversity but that you grow and that you become capable of dealing with that in the future that ultimately if you can pull those lessons out of those hard times it's going to strengthen you as a person and strengthen your character and give you that that backbone that ability to deal with whatever you face down the road and that's something that now transitioning into parenthood or even, again, with apprentices, a lot of the time you can kind of, uh, I find anyway, a lot of the same lessons will apply to both because you're you're trying to be that teacher and mentor to both of them. But you're not wishing necessarily for them to have an easy life. And that's hard to say with kids. But above all, I want my sons to be capable human beings moving out into the world, you know, into society. I want them to be able to deal with whatever gets thrown at them and that doesn't mean you know the most privileged coddled kids don't don't have that fortitude to to move through the world that way so i want them to kind of experience pain experience failure and experience it not not all the time not egregiously but but enough where you know you kind of learn like i've 
failed tons. I've had tons of losses. A lot of that I attribute to kind of sports growing up. But you learn that feeling of losing and you hate it. I hate it anyway. I'm a, I'm a pretty competitive person. And so to lose is just, it, it really irks me. But I think that's that's a good lesson that every kid should have moving forward. I mean, you don't want to lose, but you're going to have to lose to learn how to push through that and how to improve yourself, how to get better. And again, going back to the book, The Coddling of the American Mind, I mean, one of the big themes as far as raising kids goes is that you prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And, you know, they go into it again, explaining basically you're not going to pave the forest. You're just going to you're going to equip your kid with the correct boots, the correct footwear to kind of make his way through all the weeds, all the tripping hazards, everything else that life is going to throw at them. I mean, there's no way that you can prepare life the exact way so that your kid gets an easy road all the way through. And nor would you want to, I don't think. That's just going to create somebody who doesn't know how to deal with adversity, who doesn't know how to problem solve, and who doesn't have that same built-up level of confidence that you get through experiencing failure, through experiencing loss, and really just building up that, yeah, that foundation to which you you kind of use to push your way through the rest of life. And now kind of digressing a little bit, I mean, when it comes to mental toughness, I'm not saying that you have to face everything by yourself or that you should at all. Um, never be too proud to kind of ask for help, um, whether that be at work, whether that be personally in relationships. You know, if you feel you need counseling to deal with something, I'm a big advocate of counseling. Um, you know, anything like, and again, at sight, if I feel I can't figure something out, I'm going to call up somebody who maybe has more experience in this or who has done this before. Uh, you know, you can't let, you can't really conflate, um, mental toughness with pride because that's definitely a pitfall that I've fallen into before and that I I really try to be mindful not to anymore like I'm I'm not going to go tackle a, a job that I really have no uh, I have no business doing you know what I mean so it, that's one thing to keep in mind is that as as mentally tough as you can kind of get yourself to be and as great as that is uh, you never want to kind of fall victim to that never be afraid to ask for help never be afraid to ask for somebody else's opinion um, you know, having another perspective on it or somebody else's expertise is is huge. And so you should definitely be able to rely on those support networks as well when you need to. I think that's a good place to stop here for today. I'm kind of interested to see how this is going to go. But I'm going to basically follow this up um, with a, now a discussion with Jaunty and we're going to be discussing these exact topics. Um, so this is kind of a new new angle to the show. Let me know if you like it. It's It's something we're trying out. I'm trying out. So um, any feedback would be huge in this case. But anyway, uh, stick around here. And in, after the magic of editing, uh, me and Jaunty will be here right away. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Jaunty. And we're going to kind of go over that monologue and kind of break it down a little bit further and discuss back and forth. So how's it going, Jaunty? That's about yourself. How you been? Ah, can't complain. Busy, tired, but, you know, it's pretty typical. <laughs> sounds like Sounds like you're about the same right now. Yeah, uh, little one keeps growing and keeps uh, keeps us up at night. So, yeah, <laughs> fun I, times. I hear you. Seven month old is still sleep training, so <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> it's some sleepless nights between my wife and I. But oh well. Yeah, it, we we get the we get the odd mixed mixed night of uh, they 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 sleep through the night and you hope to have it like that. It's like yes, is it finally starting where they sleep through the night? consistently <laughs> please be that i hear you did the planets align nope they're back to it but yeah, yeah i hear you so uh so what did you think of the monologue or you know did you have any notes or 
Anything? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you touched on, um, going through, uh, the divorce as a, as a child. I'm, uh, I'm sorry to say, sorry to hear that you went through that and, but I'm glad that uh, you're able to reflect on it and you were strengthened by the adversity that you went through of that. Um, your having your siblings to go through that with, um, you know, it, it was kind of a mixed blessing because, you know, one year, as you mentioned, you're, you're having to step up and, and be a, a rock for them. But at the same time, it's, it's an extra burden on you. And, but I'm just glad that you were able to turn it into something positive and, you know, yeah. Yeah. And bond. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. I, like I said, I mean, I, I try to kind of view, view as many positives out of it as I can now. And um, like, I don't know. I mean, I had an old boss, who like him and his brother had like legendary rivalries. Like they hated each other and they were like 50. And like <laughs> when I'd hear stuff like that, like it just, it didn't make any sense to me. I can't imagine ever kind of feeling that with my siblings. So I guess that is, yeah, that's a positive that came out of it. And I have a feeling there's a lot, like, I mean, in our generation, there's a lot more people who are kind of uh, children or products of divorce. So I'm mm-hmm. sure there's a, there's a lot more people out there nowadays kind of that can relate to that than maybe did in the past. Yeah, it's an it's unfortunate uh, that uh, you know divorces are definitely on the rise, and I guess with this pandemic going on, a lot of people are having to spend a little bit more pro- close proximity toward uh, to each other, and you know a lot of strained relationships can come from something like that. It's, I mean, I get it, it, but it's crazy to me. I, I mean, who would think mm-hmm. that if you had to spend a few more hours today, like that's all that that's all that stands on that line between making a relationship or breaking it? I don't totally. know. I don't know. I yeah, I can't. I, I definitely it. think uh, one one of the things that uh, can probably touch further on uh, on the topic of mental toughness is um, having you know uh, relationship and um, you know having to work through some of the the tougher periods in life, e- either because of the relationship itself or because of whatever is going on around you. Um, you know, some, sometimes you make decisions and, and they might've been the wrong ones and you're, you're, you have to have a partner that hopefully stands by you and can help you work through the, those issues. Right. And yep. um, I'll give you an example. Um, about three or four years ago, I had, I was looking for a better job. The job that I was working for was not paying very well and I didn't like the hours and I just wasn't super happy with it. And, um, basically I ended up working for a startup company and, uh, the guy turned it out, turned out to be a bit of a sleaze bag and basically month and a half worth of pay. I did not get, no he, way. Uh, he cut me a check and the check bounced and he disappeared. Holy so, cow. um, you know, my wife could have had a lot of, you know, Oh, I told you so, or, you know, why, why are you t- trusting people like that? And, you know you know, I made, I made this dumb mistake and, you know, she, she didn't throw that back at me. So that, you know, that probably has made you like a lot more wary or leery of people. Oh, I imagine definitely. going forward. It, it changed, uh, it changed the way that I view a lot of people. It changed the way that I, I, um, put me in a struggle of, uh, of, uh, not necessarily forgiveness, but being able to move past, 
something oh, yeah. like that. Um, that was definitely one of the, you know, you, you would, I would literally have dreams of where I was, you know, trying to exact my revenge or, or something, you know, I'm not a violent person, but you know, the, <laughs> some of the, some of those dreams were a little bit, you know, Oh, I found him in a parking lot and, you know, break his kneecaps or something like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I've fallen into that trap too with, uh, with one of those pyramid things. And then, you know, I sucked a buddy into it, which I, I almost feel more guilty about. I didn't really, you mm-hmm. know, if, if it's my own, my own mistake, you know, I can live with that, but uh, dragging somebody else into it is a lot worse. Um, For sure. But yeah, you're right. I mean, learning those lessons. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah. So was there any, was there any kind of, I know we've talked about it before with just getting through like dirty jobs or whatever else, kind of just kind of taking your mind elsewhere to kind of get through that stuff. But were there, were there any, uh, was there anything work related that you really found? Like for me, again, it's, it was just being placed into a different scenario with the out of town or remote work that I found the biggest lessons out of, but was there any, any work specific situations that you really found kind of taught you a different way to look at things or Mm -hmm. just a different Um, way to mentally approach something? Basically when it came to work, a lot of the times was I, I, I would always look for um, positions and stuff where I could at least listen to my music and put on some headphones and just do my work, put my mm-hmm. head down and get, and get to work. I found that um, just being able to almost distract myself from what I was doing by having music on. And I, I would, I would get more, I wouldn't, you know, put on the typical um, tradesman music, like, yeah, so, so so you would kind of seek out a place that you could kind of listen to your own stuff, and that kind of got you into the right mental headspace to get through to, for sure. to even enjoy if, work. Even if you're just putting in like the one earphone, mm-hmm. just kind of thing, just to just to have something going. Um, I've later uh, found uh, doing podcasts and um, audiobooks to be quite a way to make work more enjoyable, particularly if it's a bit more of a grind. Um, that's that's my biggest thing now nowadays too is podcasts or audiobooks that i like mm-hmm. listening to i don't know i find it relaxing and i mean i don't know what your commute is like but mine's a, between an hour to an hour and a half each way every day so i can i can crush through audiobooks pretty quick <laughs> yeah i I've, I've really cut down on the uh the um the commutes since i've moved to vernon right but, right um the since i'm working a desk job now it's a lot of time at a desk and you know especially if I'm doing programming, it's, uh, it's a lot of time spent, you know, just clicking in, organizing and sequencing and stuff. It's not, it's not super uh, mental work. It's just kind of following a process. Yep. So having, having some, you know, time, put, put your headphones on and, and uh, kill a couple of chapters in a book is, is a good way to go. So you were uh, mentioning just before we started recording, um, you're you're back working at that position now. Did you did you move back from the sh- production floor up to the? Yeah, so they um, they had moved me to the production floor w- when COVID uh, broke out. Um, mm-hmm. They laid off half, like half the company, and they had messaged me and said, "Hey, you know, we got some openings in the production, the cutting and uh, cutting and forming department." Well can you come back and help out? And said, sure. You know, um, I just had my second child and I didn't have a job. So it's like, no, but yeah, so they asked me to come do, do that again. And I had talked with the cunning informing um, uh, manager and he said, yeah, we want to get you back on 
on the uh, programming hopefully pretty soon and you know just as they've been restructuring and dealing with their shuffle of of uh, people moving around in positions and stuff they they took a little while to get me back in but um eventually i did and took a while to get, f- make it official but uh basically yeah they just uh they just had offered me the a, a mixed role of doing that and doing some of the help with the it work around the company as well oh that's awesome did you did you ever find that you were kind of worried through that uh i don't know through like kind of the interim where you were on the shop floor like worried about the future at all or? i was i was definitely more more worried during the layoff period um yep. But it probably also didn't help that I was constantly watching the the COVID numbers go up and watching the reactions and uh, the protests going on in the U.S. and just seeing the you know feeling the the temperature rise, so to speak. And yeah, um, it's pretty tough um, to tough to avoid um, nowadays. I've had my fair share of being laid off and just kind of spending time not working and. Um, that's another thing I should talk about, uh, the mental toughness of going through a job search. I have, like I said, I've had so many bosses and so many jobs. It's like one of the, one of the things that can really eat at you is not being able to get a job, especially after you've sent out, out resume after resume after resume. Well, I can't even imagine like nowadays people who, you know, have either lost their job or lost hours or are completely like if, if your field got completely shut down, like oh, I can't even totally. imagine that for a while at the beginning of the lockdown, like I have siblings who are in personal training and they they weren't allowed to see any clients like nothing like they was it was a complete shutdown. Um, and yeah, they like they were stressed. Obviously, I can't even mm-hmm. imagine that kind of fear if your your whole sector gets locked down and then you're you're stuck looking for something that you aren't even schooled in or taking a for massive sure. pay cut after. I definitely going to say as, uh, as Canadians, we, we were truly blessed to have leadership that came up with uh, the uh, programs that they did to help get us through this. Um, I was a recipient of the CERB uh, mm-hmm. as it's uh, colloquially known as, but, you know, having, having that taken care of the finances taken care of while I lost my job was a huge relief to me and my family yeah i um, i believe my i have siblings family members who who uh who had to go on serb as well i was lucky enough not to but yeah from everybody that i've talked to who's needed it, it's been a godsend mm-hmm. um a lot of people will whine and complain about how it's oh abusive a lot of people are abusing it and oh it's taxpayers dollars and blah 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 but like hey it's it saved a lot of people. I think there was something what like six million people ended up getting it. I, I I'm totally guessing at those numbers, but it was some some ridiculous number. I don't know, but I just saw this really funny news story actually the other day about uh, some rapper in the states who I don't know some some no name low level rapper, but he he started bragging about he put out a music video talking about how he I don't know he swindled a couple million out of. Uh, <sighs> out of their their pandemic relief fund i i don't know what it's called in the states but it was just so funny because he makes this music video about it he's anyway he's been tagged by the fbi and everything and <laughs> people are just saying like apparently the comment section on his music video was just lit up 
like self snitching and all this other stuff. Like I can't imagine being yeah. so stupid to be bragging about that, but the shocked Pikachu face. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like, <laughs> I mean that, that kind of story just cracked me up. Like I'm so happy that, you know, cause you're right. People are taking advantage of it. Some of them, not, not most, but, um, but it was nice to see that story and that, that he definitely got thrown away. But um, I actually put out a, on some of the Facebook groups that I uh, moderate and own, I put out a survey um, asking people how they felt about the Serb and quite a few bat. I was actually quite surprised that a lot of people felt like it was the right move. And they're, they're glad that even if they weren't recipients of it, that they had family or they understood how, how it had helped people get through these tough times. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think it was pretty necessary. It was a, yeah, I mean, people have got to eat, people have got to live, they got to keep a roof over their head. It really saved a lot of people through this. Well, we really got derailed here. (laughs) I know. I know. Talking about government, uh, government uh, release programs. And Um, yeah, what were we talking about? About jobs and about trying to search through the pandemic. And because I, I, uh, you probably have, well, judging by, your resume from the sounds of it, you've probably gone job searching a lot more than I have. Like I've been, I've been fairly lucky. Like I started as an apprentice with my dad's company and then I through word of mouth got hired at the mine and then I applied through the oil field. But for a while there, it was so busy. Like if you had a heartbeat, two legs and a red seal ticket, like you were, you were getting work wherever you wanted to essentially Mm -hmm. for a while. So I guess I've been pretty lucky that way, but I, yeah, like I can imagine how stressful that must be. We had our booms through, I don't know, I was there 2011 to 2015-ish. And then mm-hmm. it kind of started to nosedive in 2015. And then now it's gone off a cliff. But like, I can't imagine having to look for work right now. I know a lot of the guys in the oil field kind of Fort Mac just <laughs> evaporated. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, I imagine that's probably similar to what it's going to be like looking for a job during or after COVID-19 as well. Well, it's just, it just goes to show how important it is to diversify your industries in a lo- location, right? Oh, um, I did have a topic I wanted to talk about. Okay. Oh yeah, so, go ahead. One of the things I wanted to bring up with you was um, how would you deal with a situation that is out of, out of your control? Like it's, it's something that's going on. Um, you're in the moment and you can feel your temperature rising. Um, I'll give you an example. So um we took a road trip a couple months ago with our youngest and well, both of our kids, but our youngest was just not sleeping or enjoying the car ride. And because of our car situation, um, my wife couldn't go back there to sit back with him to mm-hmm. give him a bottle or, or whatever. Yep. And he, we have two choices. We can either pull over every 10 minutes and give him a bottle and rock him and try to get him back to sleep or we can just drive through it but driving through it i can i can literally feel my temperature rising Mm -hmm. and the just like the mental toughness of being able to deal with a situation that is out of your control like you know what's funny is like and um my wife is so much better at dealing with the kids like that when it comes to crying like we'll do it a lot of the time because we're driving you know an hour hour and 10 minutes to see my parents if we're going there for a big family dinner or something and a lot of the time yeah same thing like one of the kids will be acting up or a couple of them will be but mainly it's only the baby that really bothers me when they're crying like Mm i i just feel like you know like we got to pull over we got something primal yeah like we i i need to we need to fix this 
And so now like, she'll just ask, she'll, she'll say like, do you want me to drive? And now that's kind of the way we get around it. Cause she's just so much better at kind of focusing on driving. She knows the kid that like our son is fine. Like it's not actually an issue. And then usually she'll just tell me like, you know, put headphones in, listen to like a podcast <laughs> or something. Cause that like, I'll calm down that way. Or it only takes a few minutes. And then even if he's still crying, like then I'm fine. But she just, she's so good in situations like that, that honestly, she, she just, she covers me for that. That's, like I, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I, we get lucky that way. Like she's so much better at dealing with that kind of thing. And then I, I take care of the stuff that I'm good at, you know, like dealing with the finances, that kind of stuff like that stresses her out. Whereas it doesn't mm -hmm. stress me out the same way. That's good that you compliment each other that way. Yeah. We've been kind of lucky. Like how did it work out for you in the, in the car there? Um, we, we made the choice that we had to just keep driving. I mean, we were coming up from the lower mainland to, to Kelowna, uh, mm -hmm. through the, um, the Coquihalla, which is about a five hour drive. Yeah. You don't, and you don't really want to stop that much in there either. No. Um, especially through the, the main part, fortunately he had slept through the, the rough parts of the Coquihalla, basically getting from the Fraser Valley up into, um, the Kelowna region mm -hmm. basically he kind of woke up as soon as we got into West Kelowna and he basically cried the entire way back up to Vernon so that's almost about an hour and a half two hours yeah and uh we stressed a bit and you know we we were both trying to kind of occasionally reach back and try to give him a bottle but it's like you can't really do that in the car that we had and it's like oh you're trying to hold a bottle and your arm just goes dead <laughs> Oh yeah. There's oh, nothing yeah. you can really do, right? It's and, not, not even realistic. Yeah. I mean, uh, the only blessing of it really was that my oldest was able to keep calm and he wasn't adding to the frustration. Cause I, I think I would have snapped. I think I would have <laughs> pulled over and just gone lost my mind at them. Cause it's, it's, it, it's weird how frustrating it is. It's like, I know that he's fine. I know that it's not a big deal. I know it's okay to sometimes let them cry. Mm -hmm. but just the i did not have the ability to push it to the back of my mind i tried putting on music couldn't couldn't hear the, through the music yeah and i mean he's he's at, he was kind of at the point where like his cry breaks through everything yep oh yeah i'm i'm aware our our seven month old has that piercing cry too and mm -hmm. yeah like yeah sorry go ahead and yeah so it's basically yeah how do you how does one work out of that kind of frustration mm -hmm. and it's out of your control and the funny thing is stuff at work i haven't i've rarely come across situations where i have things were too frustrating or got to the point where like i literally couldn't manage my my own emotions I'm, I'm the same way when it comes to work. Not, it, I'm pretty unflappable at work. I'll get a little bit frustrated if I'm doing the same same task for the 18th time because the customer wants slight changes to it. <laughs> That'll start <laughs> to get on my last nerve. But, you know, I agree. And I think I even mentioned it in the monologue. It was a couple of days ago that I recorded it. But um, about how even like if you are, you know, if you consider yourself mentally tough, like it, it's, you know, there's that pride aspect to it too. I like I was saying, like with the kids in the car specifically, it's the driving because I can't, I can't physically do anything. Like you were saying, like you can't physically reach back and help them. You're not going to be able to soothe them that way. Mm -hmm. um, I find I just ask her for help. She's way better at it than I am. That's, you know, and 
I, I, yeah, because I'm I'm the same way as you. I've snapped before too. When all of a sudden two or three of the kids start going at the same time, <laughs> then you just you ha- you have to pull over and you're like, all right, we're just taking a breather here. We're fixing soothers. We're giving you guys bars. Like, but it just it gets to that point where you <laughs> yeah you can feel it bending, fraying, and starting to break. But um, yeah, I I completely understand where you're coming from. I have the same struggles when it comes to driving in the car. Mm-hmm. I, d- I definitely, uh, I think the, the pride thing is also, um, being able to put your pride aside as a sign of being mentally tough Yeah, if I you, agree. in a relationship. Um, it's definitely one of the things that every time I've gone into a disagreement or even if, even if I don't feel like I'm at fault, mm-hmm. um, just being able to, put aside and say, Oh, I'm sorry. I said that. I didn't mean to say that that was out of anger. And I, I don't really mean that. And uh, that wasn't fair to you. And, and just, I, the pride is such a, a harmful thing in a lot of ways. And it's, it's amazing how many people you come across that just, they don't let that go. Oh yeah. It, no it matter just, what, it just puts up blockers too. If you're, if you're trying to talk to somebody, you're trying to convey your point and then you aren't listening to their point anymore. Like I, I completely agree. It's, it's tough to get around that, but you're right. If you can, like, it's not a sign of weakness by any means. It's, you know, it's a sign of strength. It's a sign of confidence even that you don't Mm -hmm. necessarily need to force your way through anything. For sure. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that you had talked about, um, the messages, uh, the message in your misfortunes, um, uh, that quote that you had gone off of, I found that to be quite interesting and kind that's of an, relatable. That, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. That's an incredible speech. Hey, and that, that guy gave it yeah. at his son's like grade eight graduation. <laughs> totally. When I came uh, across that in, that in the book that I was reading there, I couldn't believe it. Like I read it probably six times over and over. I thought it was the most amazing piece of parenting advice I'd ever read. Totally. And, and I kind of wish I had listened to, I had heard that when I, when I was uh, going through that situation with that guy that um, didn't pay me my wage. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, I agree. If I had heard that when I was younger, it would have put so many different things into perspective, just like the, the need almost to face these misfortunes so that you can grow through them. Like, I, I thought it was such an incredible quote. Mm-hmm. It's definitely it's definitely uh, a, uh, a lesson that I've I've learned from that. Um, doesn't make it e- any easier to get through. Absolutely I think, not. But no, I agree. knowing knowing that it this is what you're going through and the, there's a lesson to be learned in the the problems that you are facing. I think that is a sign of mental toughness when you are at least realizing what is happening and yeah. accepting it. And even to hear it from somebody who, you know, is a role model or a mentor. I know we talked about that last week, but, but to hear it from somebody who's already gone through it is such a huge, I don't know, like a boon to get through whatever you're going to face. Like it, it just, it's good knowing that people have already done this. All right. Well, thanks a lot, Jaunty, for doing this. Um, this is kind of, like I said, a new format that uh, we're going to try out here and see how it goes. But yeah, kind of thanks for joining me for this shorter talk. And we'll we'll see. Hopefully we can <laughs> kind of trim them and keep the next ones more on, more on point. <laughs> but, you know, it is what it is. I, I really enjoy it anyway. So. Uh, I do too, man. It's, it's, uh, it's always great catching up with you and uh, – I feel like uh, we've really become fast friends catching up this way. And yeah, thanks for having me on. And I appreciate uh, you, you giving me a spot to, to try out my podcasting skills. And 
<laughs> no worries. Hopefully uh, the fans of your podcast will enjoy having me on. And uh, if, if you, if you guys like, please, uh, please let Zach know. And hopefully we'll, we'll have more content available for you guys. Sounds good, man. All right. Have a good night. You too. Talk to you later. All right. Once again, thanks, Jonty, for hopping on, trying a little bit of a different format this week. If you guys like that or, you know, whatever your feedback is, let me know. I appreciate it all. And so I think that's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, comment, and subscribe to the podcast. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook and at Jacket Plaid on Twitter. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all again soon.